It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Powered by the Ingram Agency. You're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. I'm Kyle. With me, as always, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, you guys. So it was a pretty good weekend for us, I would say. Um, we finished the Lord of the Rings trilogy Sunday night. <laughs> we had some friends I hadn't seen for the first time. But the big thing I want to talk about my weekend, Daniel, is that I went rock climbing. Yes, we actually went rock climbing together. And this is quite the hilarious story because as we found out, while Kyle is halfway up the wall, Matt, he's afraid of heights. Afraid of heights. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we learned this really quick. Well, to be fair, what happened was is that we went with another friend of ours, and she's like, I've done the belay thing, which is where they lower you down and you fall or thing. So I climb all the way up. I'm about halfway up. <laughs> the entire time, I'm just telling myself, don't look down. Don't look down. You'll be fine. What do I do? He looks down. I look down. And it just hit me. And I was like, <laughs> I need to get down. I'm probably about what, Daniel, about 40 feet in the air? Yeah, he, he he's pretty far up there at this point. And at this at this point in time, he decides he wants to climb back down, which is not the proper way. You know, once you're up, it's it's time to come back down, and you're supposed to just repel. And I'm not going to lie, I've never seen a human being cling to the wall harder than, than you. It was like a cat just, you know, cinched in. He probably still has marks up there on the wall. Probably do. I know the back of my hands are all ate up, but I finally got down after calming myself and going, you know what? You're not going to die. Just do the whole sit down maneuver and let yourself be lowered. So I trusted her and she got me down safely and I didn't do that wall the rest of the time. He lands, Matt, and like right around his forehead is just beads of sweat. He's like, he's like, oh man, I'm so glad to be back. I was like, dude, you were literally just like 40 feet up and the descent was probably one mile an hour. <laughs> it, it was the slowest descent you'll ever see. So it, it was quite comical, but it was fun for me. I got to do bouldering, which is my personal favorite. Uh, it's actually without harnesses, and it's about 15 feet up in the air, and you can kind of just freestyle everything. They have set courses. So I'm trying to get better at it, but it was quite fun. Uh, you know, it was nice to have a little downtime o- over the weekend after a long work week. What about you, Matt? I had a bit of a mishap this weekend actually in the garage i woke up early saturday morning to a big crash and a bang and i went to investigate what that was and it just so happens that the new shelves i bought apparently Uh weren't quite as high quality as i thought they were so i had a bunch of weight on my shelves they crashed down on my garage and broke my ping pong table in half and uh oh no yeah Yeah, it was pretty tragic because we actually it was funny because he just cleaned up the you know garage invites me over we're playing ping pong and we we're talking about the shelves and we were actually talking we <laughs> literally said well you know amazon has some too and he's like well you know i went with these because they're a little lighter and more movable and then sure enough <laughs> yeah sure enough they crash sure enough they're light all right let me yeah. tell you and sometimes penny pension kind of bites you in the butt you're like oh yeah i can save 40 dollars by getting this version it ends up it's gonna cost you twice as much and you know broke this and, and broke an entire ping pong table yeah so process. sometimes penny pension it isn't the wisest thing. And that's why you spend on quality. I, I know. I've he said that for years. He bought a quality table. Yeah. 
quality ping pong table and, and, that got well, crushed. Well, the thought is, I like to buy quality stuff, but I thought, you know, there's a time and a place to spend money, and you don't have to have the best everything. Like, life doesn't require a Rolls-Royce toothbrush, okay? Just a generic toothbrush will do. And I thought, you know, just some shelves for the garage, not a big deal. I can... I can I can cheap out a little bit on the shelves. Turns out that's false. You need it. <laughs> Turns out 100% wrong. Wrong. So I had a bit of a collapse this weekend is all. But the best, uh, the best part was his text afterwards was like, man, glad I don't have the Porsche in the garage. And I was like, <laughs> if you had a Porsche, you would have been able to afford better shelving. Yeah, <laughs> probably wouldn't have chintzed on the shelves for sure. Well, speaking of collapsing, there's a couple teams actually that are on the downfall and there's a few teams that are just barely squeaking into the playoffs, Kyle. And we are now vastly approaching the April time period, which is the NHL playoffs, the best month ever, not just because my birthday's in it, but I feel like it's a birthday present to me that the playoffs start, and it is time for some sweet hockey. Who's in right now? Who's out? Whose stock is up? Whose stock is down? I mean, there's so much, like, at this point in the season, it becomes like a chess match. You're trying to figure out, Who's going to slide into what spot? You know, you could be first, then a couple of losses, you're going to go down the third, or you could even find yourself not even in the playoffs looking in. So if we take a look real quick as who is actually out of the playoffs, Kings are out, not surprising. Shocker. The Senators. <laughs> the Devils. Rangers. The Sabres. And Ooh. Matt, your precious Red Wings are out too. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I mean, how's that streak going? Yeah, how's that feel? <laughs> yeah, not so good, not so good. Still an impressive streak, by the way. I mean, well, considering how many years you got into the postseason straight yeah. consecutively. So, but the well, problem is that's in the past, you know. Yeah, and the problem is it's probably going to be like this for the next maybe one or two years. Oh, yeah. I'd say about ten years. <laughs> he said, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> "Have you seen that cap situation?" Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see if they can dig out in the next year or two. So we're recording on a Monday night during the Preds game. It's the second period between Minnesota Wild. Daniel, if I'm not mistaken, Nashville still leads 1-0. Correct. It is 1-0 with 9.48 left in the second period. Shots on goal, 10 apiece. And the one lone goal comes from our boy Joe Hansen. Uh, Shorty, right in the slot, actually over Dubnik, which I'm sure he is probably more ticked off even after his last shootout attempt. So, and of I know course, it had to be Joey. And I know there are some Preds fans who feel vindicated because that shorthanded goal came off a Kevin Fiala turnover. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, I, I was seeing some people online with the chatter, and they're like, mm, Kevin Fiala has a turnover, which leads to a goal. Sounds familiar? Files, nails. So <laughs> it's like, you know, it's – I'm not saying he turns the puck over a lot, but, you know, the stats are there, and that is probably one of the reasons why we got rid of him. He also got a little chippy with Joey, too. It was quite funny. He started punching Joey, and Joey's like a foot taller than him. He's like yeah. the little kid who, you know, he's like, oh trying to beat up on his bigger brother you know he, he's got a chip on his shoulder tonight and of course somebody tried to fight brian boyle and that's like trying to make a tree move it's like an oak i mean i don't know that's that's a big hockey man <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not picking a fight with brian but if we go over to the east real quick there are some teams that are still in the hunt first is the blue jackets and as of tonight they are two points behind the flyers who are eight points behind and Florida, which has no hope, being uh, 10 points behind. Yeah, the Flyers in Florida are now, like, fringe. It was interesting because the Flyers instantly started winning a lot of games, and people were like, oh, here they come. No, then they tailed off. But if you're looking at the East right now, you got to be wondering, what is going through Columbus's mind right now? Like, I heard somebody say that Matt Duchesne was a curse <laughs> because every team he goes to does terrible. I... 
I think it's every team that he goes to is already terrible or needs help. <laughs> that's why he's going there. I mean, there. that's why he's getting traded to these players. I mean, you got to think he got traded to Ottawa, which was already starting to become. It, it was interesting because they were in the playoffs, and he's thinking this is going to be great. And then they start doing some more management moves, and, and and they start messing with their roster. And the next thing you know, they're in the dumpster fire, and. We all know about Columbus this trade deadline season. I mean, they went crazy with the acquisitions, and they have no picks, by the way. So if they don't make it, I, I, I can't even fathom what's going through their mind right now because they went all in on this year, and they couldn't miss the playoffs completely. Just the other day, their GM said that we don't even look like a team. He said, we have to start playing like a team. Right now, we look like a bunch of individuals who are pulling in different directions. We don't even look like a team. And that's not what you want to hear coming into uh, the home stretch here. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, their whole thing is, like, get past the first round. like Because they can never get past the first round. Well, guess what? You're not even going to make the playoffs if you keep playing like this. And all your, you know, unrestricted free agents are going to be gone. Panarin, gone. Bob, he's gone. Duchesne. Duchesne, <laughs> gone. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of it, you got no picks over the next two years. Gone. You're just done. You have no prospect pool. Oh, my goodness. It is going to be absolutely terrible for Columbus if this happens. But at the same time, you have to wonder, as a GM, you made all these decisions in trades, and you messed up the chemistry in the locker room. You traded for a bunch of people. And I find it interesting that his comments were, there's individuals pulling different directions. Well, that's what happens when you have 10 new individuals come to a team. Yeah, I think, honestly, I agree with making some moves at the trade deadline, but too much can mess up the chemistry in the room, and I think you're starting to see that now on the Blue Jackets. And speaking of which, their system, too. you got all those new people trying to learn the system as well. Yeah, I mean, you'd think some of the people actually know some of the systems, considering the amount of people that they traded. But as he said, I think it goes back to – the individuals not clicking with each other, and uh, I don't know. It, it's just shocking because uh, several of them came from Ottawa as well, so you'd think they would at least be on, but maybe it's like two intercultural teams. I, I don't know. It is just mind-boggling right now, and like you said, they're two points out. The Canadians have been playing well, so it looks like the Canadians might be able to edge them out. It'll be mind-boggling. People in Columbus will be losing their minds. And you are going to be in the dumpster for at least a couple more years. You might have some good cap space, but you're not going to have any prospects or picks to trade for. So you're going to be needing to acquire more picks over the coming years. What I think is the most interesting, though, is not the East, but it's the West, of how close the West is right now. So the Wild, who the Preds are playing tonight, they need these two points to stay in the race. We need the two points because if we win tonight, we're going to clinch and we're in. So you've got the Wild needing two points. Matt's Coyotes need two points. Yeah. Oh, he's wearing a Kachina jersey tonight. It looks smoking. It's a very nice one. That's a great, Is that the great new one? jersey. Somebody really thoughtful <laughs> must have got it for you. Yeah, Daniel got me this one a while back. This is this was like the best. It's my it, favorite jersey. Chris, was it Christmas or birthday? Christmas or birthday or something like Maybe that. Maybe a combo. I don't know. But I Did knew he'd he want one. And so I bought an original one. It's a CCM. They're sweet. Did you see the other? Night they did a Kachina yeah, D backs yeah. combo mashup that looked good too. Yeah, you know I think that's the only time I've seen Matt actually shed a tear. <laughs> hey, I don't think he shed a tear. Yeah, those don't come very often. <laughs> well, you know who's also shedding tears of the Blackhawks? They're five points behind. Get your Michael Jordan memes out. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see. Yeah, those. <laughs> that that's my favorite time of the year is once we start seeing all the memes come out for all the teams that are truly eliminated. 
But what's crazy is they're only five points out. Which is insane because they're dead last in the Central. <laughs> yeah, but their remaining schedule... Oh, yeah, it's comical. Go ahead. Is like... Yeah, I, I already looked at it. Out of the it. nine games, they seven of the eight teams are in a playoff spot. So that's a tough lineup to be uh, competing for down the stretch. Yeah, actually, their final games are Arizona, the Sharks, the Kings. So, okay, I would hope they would win there. Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome... To the Central Division swing, too, which is not going to be easy because all those teams are wanting points. Yeah, I'm going to sell down. That's going to be a difficult road for them. You got the Oilers with uh, you know Leon Draisaitl, Connor McDavid setting seven points out. Uh, and know, I feel bad for that team because they are wasting Connor McDavid's prime years away. Dude, yeah. Draisaitl has 43 goals this year. Yeah, he's been he's been good this year. And McDavid has 38, and they're going to miss the playoffs. Let that just sink in for a moment. Like, you can't be one-dimensional team in the league. You cannot. Look at the Avalanche. Fringe playoff team right now. Might not make it in. They're a one-dimensional team. They have a one-line team. And it is showing big time. You got the Canucks with seven points out. And you got the Ducks with nine points out. They're done for the season. Their head coach is gone. So we will see what happens. And do you think it's possible that, you know, Hey, Joe Quimble's available. Think he might go with the Ducks? It's a little shocking that he's still available, by the way. I think he's kind of taking his time off and enjoying, you know, some some downtime. I mean, he, you know, we saw the videos of him at the, the Chicago Bears game, like literally taking shots out in the parking lot with all of the all of the uh, the Bears fans there. I just I really don't know what he's doing, but he's too good of a coach to just be sitting on the sideline. Yeah, he is. And especially with the I amount mean, of turnover that's been in the coaches this year, he needs to find a uh, land a job next year for sure. Yeah, I, I honestly think the Ducks could be a landing spot. It is interesting, though, because uh, didn't Detroit sign their – Yeah, they just resigned their coach for another year. So that's what I was thinking. Well, you got Coach Q, you know, just sitting there waiting. But I understand going with your coach. He's was played in the minors for Detroit's farm system, and he coached half the players there. And he seems to be doing well, actually – uh, through his three or four years there, but that still leaves another great coach in the sidelines for a team that could that uh, for a coach that needs a landing spot, and it just might be the Ducks because I'm sure their GM isn't going to want to stay the coach forever, you know. Waiting for the Seattle Kraken, maybe. Hey, maybe. I'm still, I'm so still hope hoping it's the Kraken. He's already won the Stanley Cup. He might need another challenge in his career, you know. He's won a couple Stanley Cups, yeah, that's so true. He, he doesn't need. To prove himself in that department, but it would be kind of cool to see him go to a, a you know like a expansion team. You got to think Seattle, uh, the Seattle fan base there is quite awesome. They have you know the Seattle Sounders and some, some really big you know they're huge in the soccer there, but their team support is incredible. So it'll be nice to see another team. It'll be really close to Vancouver, so I'm sure there'll be some sort of rivalry there. Who knows with the restructuring of the league coming up. Welcome, Arizona. welcome, yep, welcome, Yotes, <laughs> to so, the central uh, traffic pattern. Ooh, yeah, that's going to be interesting for them. So it, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to see all the differences in the league over the next two years because there's going to be a lot taking place. So one thing I want to get into is the playoffs because as you, as you said, began the show, Daniel, we're getting to that time. So let's take a look at the teams as they come through. So we'll start with the Atlantic Division, Tampa Bay. Bro. 120 points, <laughs> basically clinched the President's Trophy midway through March. And looking at it here, so far as of tonight, they are 58, 14, and 4. 
They have a plus 99 goal differential. That is insane. <laughs> that is... Oh, um, man. That I is did not see that until just now. Plus 99. <laughs> um, the second place team is Calgary with plus 58. Yeah, almost double. Almost double. And they're like 20 points up on anybody. And they're having arguably one of the best seasons I've ever seen uh, up there with the Red Wings. Yeah, we'll talk and, about that later. And what's crazy is they're doing it in the modern yeah. age, which is almost more impressive. Uh, I know you probably have some great stats on that, considering it is your Red Wings' beloved, you know, best season ever. But, yeah, but I have to admit, this might be the best season ever. You know what players having the best season, though, is Kucherov. Oh, my he goodness. He is killing it. He, he's been on fire. And I actually haven't checked tonight's game, but it – Maybe he got another point. No, he actually hasn't. Stamkos has two goals, though. So Stamkos is up to 41 goals for the season. Kucherov has 114 points when I wrote this stat, and that's the first player since Crosby in 07 to have that many points. Nikita Kucherov, Matt, actually has 120 points as of tonight. Oh, really? Okay, even more. 120 points in a season. So what you're yeah. saying is he basically got all Tampa Bay's points. Yeah, it's, it is – it is quite impressive, the season he's having. He is by far the most dangerous person on the ice right now. He is a pass distributor. Stamkos is definitely benefiting from that, as we can see, with 42 goals on the year. And probably most of those, if I looked it up, were primary assists from Kucherov. But that team looks hot. If they can just stay healthy, honestly, it's, the, it's their cup to lose this year. Do you think Carey Price can match up with him, though? Because as of now, the matchup is going to be – Tampa Bay versus Montreal. Um, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay in about four or five. Yeah. I mean, Carey Price is good and all, but... Uh, I, I almost never go with sweeps, but I would almost pick the Lightning this week. Yeah. First round. Just saying. And then you've got Boston and Toronto fighting out in the second and third spot. Now that... that I think that was last year's matchup too, wasn't it? That's going to be... This a, is going to be an incredible series. Actually, I think it was second round last year. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, they didn't, fought each they other. They did fight in the second round, and that was one that I had the hardest time picking in my bracket because I think you and I went yep. opposites. Yep. And I, I ended picked up picking... Boston. Yes, and I and picked, picked Toronto. Toronto and I picked I, Toronto as well. Yeah. So it was it was one of those points of contention, and I think we all picked like seven games too, because it yeah, was like, yeah. and we knew, and it went to seven games. Yeah. And we it, knew it, it was, was going to be. It was one great. of those series that you just knew was going to be good, and it's going to be a first round matchup yeah. this year. There in are fact, so many juicy first round matchups. In fact, that was a topic for discussion recently. Is is it upsetting to you to see such heavyweights fight in the first round? And I actually think that's awesome because rather than stack everything to the finals and have two or three boring weeks, you know, leading up to it, you got nothing going on. You distribute the fun and awesome, exciting hockey throughout the entire playoffs. That's what makes the Stanley Cup finals as awesome as it is because you have great teams that could possibly get knocked out first and second round. How many times have we talked about that, the Capitals playing the Penguins first round? That's what makes hockey awesome. If you think about it, the March Madness tournament that's going on right now, 64 teams, you also have 16 seeds going against one yeah, seeds. Yeah. It's a very similar format as far as that's concerned. But the thing is with about the March Madness is they're pairing the one versus a true 16, which is what people are wanting. And that's the thing. I, Stamkos actually had an interview where he said he feels that it's not fair for the teams that have gr you know grinded the entire season out and – they finish one, two, and three. And then you're looking at the top five teams in the league, points-wise, are in that division, and three of them 
out three out of four are going to be in that top right bracket. Yeah. So I, I could see where he says it's not fair, but at the same time, I like your point where you're getting those crazy divisional matchups yeah, and their the rivalry, and and it's more marketable. I'll have to agree with Stamkos. He has earned a he's earned the ability to kind of coast to the finals or maybe the round prior to that. But as a fan and as a lover of hockey yeah. for marketing for the NHL, yeah. this is exciting hockey. So rather than just tuning into the finals, I mean, you got fans tuning in for from all markets all over the place because there's good matchups going on everywhere. Well, he, he even stated that in the interview. He said it's a marketing thing. He yeah. knows. He's not dumb. He, he's, a, he's a really smart guy. But it would be nice to see maybe some reorganization of the playoff format. I honestly think it's going to – at least be till uh, we have Seattle in, and there's a standard 32 you know teams. So I, I think it is going to be the same format for the next at least two years. But man, you talk about a first round matchup that I'm going to be watching every single game. That is one of them. There's several others too. I cannot wait for playoff hockey. Well, I know one game I'm actually looking forward because they're two of my favorite teams outside oh, yes. of the Preds, and it's going to be the Capitals and the Canes are going to face off in well, the Metro Division. We'll see. Yeah, that's as of tonight. As of tonight. And that'd be Your great. Your bubble because, team yeah, it's for my, the last two years has finally s- broken through, and it looks like the surge is coming. I'm actually quite leaning towards the Canes winning because I want to see them do storm surges in the playoffs oh. and get more of those old men like Don Cherry Dude, Don and Brian Cherry, Don say, Cherry is going to go off in the playoffs. After, did you see the basketball March Madness? I like that one. I did. Uh, did you see the I'm duck s- hunt one? I'm starting to turn into the old man here. I did not like that. I like the duck hunt. Did you see the duck I hunt? I did not see the duck hunt. The but, duck hunt one's fantastic. But did you notice in the photo they took of the March Madness basketball, there was not an empty seat in that arena? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. And you're talking about marketing? That's exactly what they needed to do to get, those, get people in the seats. People want to go watch games and they're fun. And, yeah, honestly, that might be one of the reasons why they're having such success because – off the ice in the locker room, there's some team chemistry going on together. They're having fun. They're doing these uh, after-game uh, celebrations, and it just seems to be clicking for them. And you love it or hate it, but they got something going together, and they're meshing as a team, and that is very important. It's called a storm surge, Matt. Yes, that's the, the surge. The that's surge is for. coming. Yes. And then the final match we've got in the Metro is going to be the Islanders and the Penguins, if everything shakes out like it is. What's crazy, though, is like, that division's so tight looking at the points. I mean, you got 96, 95, 93, and 91. Yeah, I was so noticing that. Honestly, these are all going to change probably in the last week because you might have – I mean, Pittsburgh could still win the division. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy to think that. I mean, I think Pittsburgh actually might have won tonight. Yes, they did beat the Rangers. So it's going to be interesting to watch in the stretch here because I think it'll be it, – it, it's going to get really tight. But I am very – very shocked at what Trotz has done with the Islanders. And, I mean, they're a legit playoff team. They have slacked off and they have kind of come into the the finish line, you know, a little cooler than they would like to be. So that'll be interesting to see come playoff time. And as we go to the West, one thing I want to bring your attention to is how many cups the Eastern Conference has. So Tampa Bay's got one cup. Boston has six. Toronto has 13. Montreal's got a whopping 24. Okay, but three of those are original. That is true. Six, so Washington has one. Islanders have four. Pittsburgh has three. And the Canes have one. Now, That's if, incredible. If you flip down to the West, and we'll start with the Pacific, you've got Calgary, which has already clinched, and San Jose, which has clinched as well. And Calgary has one cup compared to San Jose, who has zero. And third place, Vegas, who is second year in existence, has zero cups as well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's interesting to, to note that all out of all the teams in the Western Conference, there's only four cups combined, two for Colorado, one for Dallas, and one for Calgary, where you have teams that have more cups than the entire Western Conference that are going to be in the playoffs. But once again, that goes back to being original six teams and yeah. – uh, I mean, that comes with the territory, but at the same time, I mean, not everyone can have 24 cups like the Canadians and get, like, seven in a year during the 70s and five and six during the 60s and 50s. So, uh, I mean, there's, like, a 30-year period where they win, like, every other year. So I mean, They definitely have the experience to get through this. And the first matchup we're going to have, if everything holds true, is going to be Calgary versus Colorado. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because I, I don't know the status of Landeskog. I, I know he might be getting close, but I don't know if he'll be playable for the first round. I, I really don't know. I actually haven't really looked at his status yet. But yeah, that haven't, said, haven't heard an update on him. That said, if we beat the Wild tonight, that kind of helps the um, the Avalanche's odds of getting into the playoffs because right now the team that is right behind them is the Wild. So we could be doing them a huge favor and potentially putting in Colorado to the playoffs. So you're welcome, Joe Sackick. Then, of course, you've got, as we said earlier, San Jose and Vegas are going to fight it out in the second and third. That is my well, that's, that's my matchup match in the Western Conference that I'm ready to see, other than the Preds, obviously. But you talk about a good first-round matchup. Yeah, that's You exciting, talk about man. a team that got hot, finally. It was the San Jose Sharks, and the Golden Knights have been on fire in the last – I think ten games since acquiring Stone. I think they were like nine and yeah. oh, uh, nine and one or nine zero oh and one in the last ten games. Or the first ten games after acquiring Stone, they slacked off a little bit here recently. But I'm still very high on them. That is going to be a incredible first round matchup. Six seven games. I probably see it all the way. Who knows who's going to come out with that one? It's going to be razor thin like last year. I mean, our, I mean that game, that whole series went to seven, and. You make the case for San Jose that they would have been in the finals, obviously, uh, had they got past the Knights. So, you know, who knows how that's going to end up, but that is looking to be like a incredible first-round matchup in the Western Conference. And, of course, the one match that all Preds fans are looking at is it could very well, and it's looking to actually be Preds versus the Blues in round sure. one. And this is not this is not what you want to hear as a Preds fan, because the stats would say we have been terrible against the Central Division this year. It's it's abysmal, and I know you have the stat for it. Go, ahead. Go, yes, ahead, go ahead and say the well, stat for it. I'm going to go ahead and say this one. It was apparently, according to the analytics by Dom Lucician, says that the Preds have now an 88% plan, uh, chance uh, percent chance to play the Blues in round one. And as you mentioned, John Glennon on Twitter gave some stats as to the Preds lately, and John Glennon has made some stats available. The Preds have now lost a combined seven games against Winnipeg and St. Louis. So compare that to the Jets, they have outscored the Preds 15-4 to in the last three games, and the Blues have outscored the Preds 16-8 to in the last four. That is not what you want to hear, considering there is a very high likely chance we're going to play the Blues. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, more than likely – to get to the Western Conference Finals, you have to play both of those yeah, teams. Yeah, exactly. So that's the pro. And the here's the hilarious stat: is the Preds are excellent against the Eastern Conference. We've yeah. destroyed against the Eastern Conference. Well, guess what? Too bad you can't face the Eastern Conference till the finals. Yeah. I mean, like you got to be good against the Central Division teams, and you're not good against the Central Division teams. And that 
worries me big time going into the playoffs. And the power play is still abysmal. It is 30th in the league. They they will not make it past the first round if their power play is still at 12% against the Blues. Mark my words. I'm going on record right now. If it is 12% against the Blues, we are more than likely bumped out in the first round. Yeah, I think I've went on record three or four weeks ago now saying the Preds uh, in my bracket are going to be a first-round exit. That's been pretty solidified for about a month now. Well, that begs the question. We play the Blues. They kick us out in the first round. What's the fallout? McCarthy's gone. Yeah, that's that's got to happen. I, I even went on record last week, I think, saying that, yeah. stating that Lavi is so loyal to his crew that it's almost to a fault sometimes. I love Lavi, but – he wants to keep his, you know, his group very closed, and and these are the people that I've always been around. But at this point, the power play is not working. When your other coach has to take it over, when Dan had to take it over from McCarthy, that was your first sign that something's wrong. And Poyle is not going to take that. Poyle will demand, will demand some change because you know, I mean, he's willing to trade players. Why is he not willing to fire a coach? And the yeah. one coach who was in charge of the power play for most of the season was McCarthy. He will be gone, in my opinion, if we post a 12% against the Blues in the first round and end up as a first-round exit because this team is way too good on paper. On paper, they're excellent. Way too good on paper to go out in the first round, and a lot of that's going to be hung on the power play. But what happens, okay, so say we get bumped and Poole goes, all right, McCarthy, you got to go, and Lobby's like, I don't want him to go. Would Poyle show Lobby the door? No. I don't think he'll show him the door, but it will present an interesting situation with Poyle because I think this will be the first time that he'll have to make a tough decision because at that point he will either have to say, okay, well, I'm going to keep somebody or I'm going to have to fire both of them and try to go after someone else. That would get interesting because uh, what happens if – what happens I mean, I'm if, down with it, but I just don't <laughs> think that's going to – I don't think that's the way it's going to go down. I don't think it is either because – I think Poyle would be able to reason with Lobby, Lobby yeah. and say, hey, I still want you, but yeah. like McCarthy's got to go. you got to see – I think Lavi is logical enough that he could see the stats, understand it yeah. wasn't working. They're not hotheads. They're very yeah. reasonable. So I don't think it's going to get to that point. But what happens if it does? What happens – let's just have a crazy hypothetical here and say Lavi's out. Does Coach Q get a call from – uh, I, I mean, could you imagine that? A Blackhawks coach coming down here? I, I don't know how the fan base would react. Seems a little faux pas. I don't know. Yeah, I know, but you can't argue he's – Oh, I mean, are you going to sit here and say he's a bad it. coach? I would love it. Yeah, I mean I, – I agree. If you were to tell me if Lobby left and Q comes on board, I'm sold. The man has got the resume to back it up. I, I completely agree. I mean, it's a little as – a, as a Preds fan, that's probably a little uh, – it's a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, if he comes in and gets good results, then no one's going to care. Well, we'll just have to see how this first round of the playoff goes and uh, how the offseason talks go. There's a lot hinging on this first round of the playoffs yeah. for the Predators. I'll just put it like that. Like I said, too good on paper to go out in the first round. But that power play, it's looking like it could be a possibility, and especially against the Blues. Well, regardless of how our postseason pans out, at the end of our season, we're going to have – Wayne Simmons, Brian Boyle, Cody McLeod, and Zach Ronaldo on UFA status. Do you think we'll go and sign any of those guys? Brian no. Boyle. I'm, I'm signing Boyle right now. <laughs> you know who I'm not signing? Cody McLeod. 
Oh, what? Are you shocked? I mean, like I said... Bro, he's got those intangibles. He's a he's a professional hockey player. He's a body. He's got plenty of experience. He came at such a low price, and you guys have been so injury-ridden this year. I, I need a guy on the roster to put a freaking jersey on, you know? <laughs> yeah, but look I'm how excited, many games he's not played. I mean, Brian Boyle has played like 20 games. Cody McLeod's played seven. Yeah, yeah but Brian Boyle's also got like, what? How many goals since joining as the National Player? Okay, so Boyle, 20 games played. He has five goals. All right, first of all, we're gonna, we don't need to put Boyle and McLeod in the same sentence. That's two totally different beasts. <laughs> I know, you know, I know. That's what I'm saying. McLeod's only played seven games. So uh, I, I got to give uh, – I'm definitely signing Boyle again. He's obviously fitting in well. He's adapting to the system. Everyone loves him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's instantly a favorite he's in a, Nashville. He's already. a bargain at $2.5 million. Oh, yeah, for the price. I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. He, and, and for his age, he's producing some great numbers. Of course, yeah. I'm looking at it here, and I realize he's 34. It's the same age as me. Oh. Kind of hurts. Same age as you, but way better looking and also makes way more money. This is true. I can't deny any of this. I mean, have you seen his hair and the, the facial hair, too? It's very beautiful. <laughs> but it can't. Matt, you're shaking your head, but you can't deny. You guys in the hair, I don't know. That's because you don't have any. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you got to get some gel to get that hair up, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get a style game up here pretty okay. soon. Thanks. That's why you wear that fun hat. All right, back to the hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at my sheet here, guys, I realized I forgot one game. And I don't know how I skipped it. I guess we just got too busy talking about everything else. I forgot that Winnipeg plays Dallas. Yes, they do. And I would like to point out tonight, they're playing a matchup right now, and Dallas is beating Winnipeg 3-0. to zero. Whoa. We need that. Bro, so, Ben Bishop's been hot. He has been, and that kind of concerns me for Jets fans because who has been pretty terrible with the Predators over the last stretch? The Jets have. They've been equally as bad. Granted, the other night, they came out and smoked us, but they also got beat by the Golden Knights 5-0 to zero the game before. So they were angry, <laughs> and the Preds got the raw end of the stick on that one for sure. Yeah, that was a terrible game Saturday to watch. Yeah, defensively, I don't even want to talk about it. PK gets undressed. Connors made one of the best moves I've seen in a long time. It was fantastic. Nope. Uh, I mean, honestly, that game could have been even more out of hand. Peck made some incredible saves. So uh, we're just going to chalk that one up as a loss. But what is crazy to me is that is a – that is that a matchup. That's a surprisingly that's a, that's interesting a, matchup. I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at the hot team coming in, and it's most definitely Dallas. Yeah. And they're beating them. They're crushing them right now in the third, three to zero. Um. So that said, that might be one of those teams that you want to look at in your bracket. Yeah. And might pick, pick another. Pick I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine from last year? You have basically the two best teams in the league were the Predators and the Jets. President's Trophy and right below the President's Trophy. And then this year, both teams could potentially be out in the first round. The Central would implode. I mean, the Central's always been topsy-turvy, though. We know this. It, it, it's, I mean, look at the points distribution. We, we, there's five teams going into the playoffs more than likely from the Central, unless the Yotes can somehow come back and hang on. It's going to be quite interesting in the stretch here. Also, it looks like the Wild are still in a better position than the Coyotes to make the playoffs. So like we said, we still got the Avalanche kind of skiing in there every so often. Yeah, I mean, they're in for now, but if you look at the playoff race, Minnesota and the the Coy- uh, the Coyotes are 2 points behind the Avalanche and they've all played the same amount of games. So it it's going to be razor thin in the stretch, but if indeed it does end up being these 
particular matchups, as we talked about tonight, I think you're going to be in for some great, great first line, uh, first round matchups. And I would be watching the Winnipeg Dallas game. It I'm won't. just saying that series is going to have some juice. It's a Central Division matchup. You want to pick the Jets, you know. Your gut tells you to pick the Jets, but I don't know. I'm not sold on it yet. It makes you wonder when we actually get to the point where we start filling our brackets out of how we're all going to land because, like you said, Daniel, this all these matchups could literally go one way or another depending on which team comes in hot or not. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been looking at all that this week too, and now we're down to basically, what, a week and a half of hockey left in the regular season, and you know, like, all the predictions are coming out. You get, you know, the printable brackets are coming out. The leagues are about to start up, which we will be starting one. So yeah. anyone out there, uh, we will be giving you all the details coming up. We will have a prize giveaway. It is going to be a blast, so you're going to want to join in and try to prove how good you are at picking teams and see how bad we will because, uh, I mean, it's always inevitable. Something's going to happen. Your bracket's going to get busted. Between so. the three of us, who came in last? Uh, Matt. Nat, did you know that, Kyle? You were just trying to make a joke. No, it was it was definitely you. I went you for more uh, risky maneuvers because I wanted I either was going to be last or first. Yeah. Yeah, and you were like dead last. Yeah. So they didn't quite pan out. Yeah, as well. and I was like one of the best last year, which I don't anticipate being that high again. Yeah. I got really you lucky. were very high last year or the year yes, before or I was, something. Actually, it was like two or three years ago when the Preds didn't make their finals run. I'd picked them obviously to go as a 16th seed all the way to the Western Conference final in my bracket. And I ended up literally in the 99th percentile on ESPN brackets. It was the it was the craziest thing ever. I will never get that high again. I have screenshots somewhere on my phone of how epic it was, but you know, that's a once in a lifetime thing. I just love thing. the uh, the trash talking that ensues. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, get just That's get get ramped up. The episodes are going to once a week, and we're going to cover literally like every single playoff game. Matt will be here probably every single night at my house watching playoff games. I will be. Kyle as well. will be here. It's going to be great. We're going to have commentary for all the teams, not just the Predators. It's the best time of year. Get ready for it, and there's going to be tons of trash talk. We're going to have our wagers. Also, next episode, we need to go back and see our preseason predictions for oh, the Central yeah, because yeah. I guarantee you. It's going to be razor thin coming into the into the home stretch here. I can tell you for a fact that Daniel, you and I got the top two right so far. Yes, but the Blues could overthrow the Preds at the last minute, so that could. I think I may have had the Blues at third. I can't remember. I, I'm trying to remember too. We'll have to go back and listen to the episode, but I'm I'm very excited to review what we projected at the beginning of the season. And so, one of the last things we got on our list for tonight is that we have some Preds prospects playing, boys. Yes, we do. We actually have two recent signings. Actually, one's official, one's not official, but it is Instagram official or Facebook yes. official. I don't know. If he puts it on his Instagram, do you consider it official? Well, this is interesting for me because I actually learned recently that as a musical artist, if you record something and publish it through social media, aka Instagram, and it has like a working title and everything, it is now copywritten to you. Yeah. It's incredible. Social media. Who knew? Mind blown. Well, you know who's also having a really good night and probably having his mind blown for his first NHL game is Rem Picklick. What a great story. He played for the University of Minnesota. He immediately signs, and his first start is in Minnesota. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can't chalk that one up. That That's fantastic. I know uh, they gave him the first lap. You know, the rookies always get the first lap on the ice just by himself, and it was kind of nice seeing the Minnesota crowd even give him a nice warm welcome because they've seen this kid 
I mean, just down the street at the University of Minnesota playing. So it it is a really nice storyline. But he actually does have some good stats coming into the season, Kyle. Yeah, in the three seasons that he's played with Minnesota, he's amassed 108 points, 47 goals, 61 assists. And this season he had a career high of 21 goals and 24 assists for 45 points. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that his father actually played for the Sens and Panthers from 94 to 02, and his cousin, Tyler, plays for the Stars currently. Mm -hmm. So they have a nice long family history of players. So uh, I'm sure their family's ecstatic tonight. It's a great story for him. But we also have another signing, as I alluded to, via the Instagram. And who might that be? It was Dante Fabro. He did not pull a VZ like a lot of people thought he was going to. Yes, that was on every Predators fan's mind was, is this kid just going to take off for the next team? His season ended with Boston University after they were defeated by Northeastern in the Hockey East Championships in overtime. And he's a 2016 first-round pick. And as he signed with Nashville, I expect to see him on the third pair. Because let's be honest, he's an instant upgrade over Irwin. Irwin has been terrible the last several games. He's going to be an instant upgrade. And Dan's been out because of injury. That's been, uh, honestly, that's been a big portion. Our bottom pair was terrible the last 20 games. And I didn't realize it until Dan was out that how solid he is uh, I mean, as he, a bottom three defensive pair. But I mean, he getting, anchors that third pair. Yeah, it would be really nice if we were able to get him back for the playoffs eventually and get Dan and Fabro as our third bottom pair. That would be incredible. He definitely fits into our role of being more of an offensive producer. I mean, as you said, he three seasons he's got eight points. That's pretty good as a as a you know defenseman, and he was also the captain there. But as we said earlier, it's not technically official yet because the Preds haven't announced it. But it was on his Instagram. I mean, he literally said, "Looking forward to the next steps with the Nashville Predators organization." So <laughs> it really put all the uh, the fans at ease that. He is going to sign. But can you imagine the pressure he's going to have on him, though? Everybody in Nashville and around the area that's a Nashville Preds fan has been waiting for this, and they see the news today. Like, it was all over Twitter. You know, some of the people that we follow, some of the people that uh, follow us, we're all excited about Fabro being here, and that's a lot of pressure. And I personally don't think I could handle that coming into a game going, this is my first NHL game. Everybody's going to be grading me from this point on. Well, look at how the fan base view Tolvanen with that exact same, you know, hero or bust kind of mentality on him. And I'm sure he's going to feel some of that same pressure coming into an organization that has a lot of expectations on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, and you got to think, these are just kids, too. I mean, they're, they're in college. But at the same time, you also have to know that these kids have grown up with hockey sticks in their hands. I, I, I mean, a lot of them have started from probably – two, three years old shooting the hockey puck. So it's only natural to them. Granted, it is <laughs> they're going to have nerves on the big stage. It's going to happen. But it will be interesting to see what his instant impact is, especially on our bottom third pair. As you stated, I think it's an instant upgrade for Merwin. Possibly if we can get Dan back, that is going to be a solid third pair defense. Excellent upgrade for us at no cost after the trade deadline. That's a good move for the Preds. At this point, the only other person I would trust playing D with with uh, Ham Hughes would be Weber. That's it. I don't trust anybody else. Yeah, Weber's been been pretty solid, but uh, I don't know. Ir- Irwin's just he's had too many turnovers here recently. 
But as we said, you know, we haven't really heard an update on Dan, so it'll be interesting to hear the, you know, end of season comments because I, I honestly don't know if he'll be back before the end of the year. So it looks like it's more than likely going to be, you know, first or second round. And finally on our Preds docket, the Preds announced today that Mika Salamaki and Austin Watson have been transferred down to the Admirals on a long-term injury loan. And honestly, this is a good sign for us because, well, both these players have been out for quite some time. Uh, I mean, Salty, I feel like he just died in the middle of the season, <laughs> and he hasn't been back for a long time. I they honestly didn't miss him, though. They they haven't disclosed his injury, but it had to be something fairly severe, and I think it was lower body. So he has to get his conditioning back up. Probably might not see him the rest of the year, depending on that. Watson apparently was working out, too, during his substance abuse thing, and I've heard reports saying that he looks still fairly good, and that is, first of all, Great news and encouraging news that he got through the program and the doctors released him because I know a lot of people were like, oh, the Preds had something to do with him getting released all of a sudden. It's actually mandated by the doctors and the PA Association, not even with the league or the National Predators organization as a whole. They actually decide when he's released from the program once he's graduated from it. So it is a very encouraging sign for Austin Watson that he's on the back, you know, back on the right track. He's getting his life back together. And he's now back in Milwaukee taking some ice drills tonight, which we saw on Instagram. So he's getting his conditioning back. Could be very huge. Another acquisition that we kind of weren't expecting towards the end of the season. So if you're a Preds fan, yes, we haven't been playing good as, as of late, but there are some great end-of-the-season acquisitions that we're getting for basically free. You got Fabro, you got Pitlick, and now you have Watson potentially coming in to boost the team up. So... Overall, that's a great sign, and I'm super happy to see both of them back on the ice skating. And Matt, as we get ready to close, anything we've missed? Yeah, I want to circle back for a minute to that. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I want to circle back for a minute to Tampa Bay. There has been a lot of stats. We mentioned how great they are, and they have the first President's Trophy in their history. They now have 58 wins. They could break the all-time win record. But in order to do so, they would need to win five out of the next six games to beat the 95 uh, Red Wings. And they were losing to Boston just a few minutes ago, and they came back and beat Boston. Yeah. Three goals in the third. That's that's crazy. And they were beauties. Kucherov just buried his 121st point of the year, like upper 90 over Rask. And that means they're now at 122 points. Yeah. They have to play Boston twice. So it's the next six games are Boston, Washington, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, and Boston. I was thinking that's that's a tough task. Uh, most of those teams are pretty top contenders, and to own, to get five out of six, I think might be kind of tough. But we're looking at some history if they can. But as far as their ability to win the Stanley Cup, well, Boston's uh, already done. They've already played Boston tonight. And well, won. So that's one. So that's one off the list. You're talking about only Washington, Ottawa, which we can I probably give hope. them. Yeah, that. we'll chalk that one up. Montreal, who's going to be fighting, scrapping. Toronto and Boston again. They might can do it. Toronto's not been so hot lately. They're like lately yeah, in they March are like twenty fifth in the league. In yeah, they haven't goal. Been uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know. Something bad with their goaltending has has been horrible yeah. lately. Yeah. So now it's essentially four out of five game to see if they can be the most winningest team in uh, NHL history. But if you look at their odds to win the cup, still some interesting history to be looked upon here. Uh, as history does tend to repeat itself, and we do learn a lot from history. So I'm going to give you guys a quick lesson, some of the stats that we've went over lately, or at least I've, I've seen. So 
we mentioned that Tampa Bay now has 58, well now 59 wins. Of the other five teams in history to have 58 wins or more, three out of the five have won the cup. But, so that's pretty good, 60% chance. Yeah, that's great. But all three of those teams were Montreal. Yeah, and how long ago was it? Because, by the way, Montreal hasn't won since 93. That's the last Canadian team to win. My birth year in 93. And, I mean, that's crazy stats. Oh, and on top of it, what year was your Red Wings record? 95. 95. So this is all pre-salary cap era. You're talking about a team doing this during the salary cap era. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got you, even you have to, as a Red Wings fan, even you have to admit during the salary cap era, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Might not ever see. I, I mean, this is mind-boggling. And to mention those, how great that the Wings have the record, 95 Wings, but on that roster, there were yep. seven Hall of Fame players. Yeah. Do you seven. Know, yeah. Yeah. You're looking at the Tampa Bay might have to, I mean, I don't know. Like not uh, anywhere near as historic. Maybe as three the or four if you're looking at it, because you got Point, you got Stamkos, uh, no, Stamkos Point, Stamkos, yes. Kucherov, and uh, Vasilevsky. We'll see, but you're never going to have seven Hall of Famers on a team. So the fact that the Lightning are within a one or two games, or possibly going to be the best team ever, fighting against a team who had seven Hall of Famers is incredible. And it took uh, the Red Wings 71 games to clinch the President's Trophy. It took Tampa Bay. Uh, 73 games, only two more games to uh, to clinch the President's Trophy. And that's dependent really upon the other teams in the league too. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a subjective stat, but at the same time, you can't deny that they still have a possibility of beating them or tying the record at least. And uh, our friend, again, Johnny on Twitter showed me another stat. He said now that they have 120-plus uh, points, no President's Trophy winner that had more than 119 has ever won the Cup. And uh, circle that back again with three out of the five teams that have 58 uh, wins. Three out of the five were all Montreal. So no team has done it with 58 wins since the 70s, and no team that wasn't the Montreal in the 70s can do it. And out of the last eight Stanley Cup winners, every one of them wore either black or red, and Tampa Bay is blue and white. So <laughs> that conspiracy some... confirmed, baby. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know what else I'm to say. I'm just going to let you know. That's facts by Matt right I, there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to not pick the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, history oh God, is just so too funny. unfavorable to them. Well, that means I have to pick the Lightning <laughs> to win the Stanley Cup. So I just had to mention that because there is some serious facts in history uh, we're looking at here with the uh, Tampa Bay team. So I, I cannot wait to see how do, it pans out. Do you out. remember last year when you said, you know, um, I'm going to pick the Preds because – you went back historically on the President's Cup trophy, and you were doing like this thing yep. where it was like every other year or something. Yeah, I did and some you real did, stats did on deep that. Stat, and he's like, history states that the Preds are going to win. It and was he took the it was hottest like, take. It was the hottest take ever. No, I thought dude, it was Jerry Stillman over It was here. like in the last 20 years, or 20 or 30, I remember what it was, you have a 20% chance for the President's Trophy to get the Cup. And in the last 20 years, every it had happened every five years that the President's and Trophy we winner, fifth, and yes. we were the fifth year. And it was it was in a row, four in a row, that that cycle happened. So I had to pick the Predators, even though you know I didn't know if they would make it. But well, Sometimes the cycle has to be broken. That's true. So That was a hot take last year. I'll was, give you that one. That was a bit of a risky one, and I was going with history in the hopes that that would be cool and be we right. We let you have it because it was stat-based. Yeah. But at the same time, it was hot take. It was but hot. We'll, we'll, but I'll let you decide. Now, you're on record for saying I'm not picking the Lightning. Oh, yeah. That, so that's going to – yeah, I'm not going to change my mind. I cannot wait no. to see the brackets this yeah. year. This is going to be the best Like I said, ever. there was like five or six stats right there. 
I just had the one to Kyle's go on with the, the Hurricanes. Brits. Watch him pick the Hurricanes. <laughs> Look at him. Like he's got a smirk on his face. <laughs> I, I know the Capitals or the so, Hurricanes. I know you so bad, Kyle. Like that is so funny. I knew you're gonna pick the Hurricanes. Anyway, might surprise we, you. We don't want to give away all of our brackets yet, but it, we're gonna have to a nice reveal. And uh, hopefully get everyone signed up in our league coming soon. But what's the other news that you have on it? All right. So a couple other things to perhaps less of a hot take um, is that Boston has also extended Zdeno Chara for a one-year, $2 million deal. And the draft lottery is going to be on April 9th. It's announced that's going to be the day before the playoffs start. And the NHLPA player poll has voted P.K. Subban as a player that would most likely make the best TV analyst once retired. Was anyone shocked? But at that? that's I mean, not like, a really. He did a special during the All Star game. Yeah, that's kind of like, like the Captain Obvious award. Yeah, Every, like, everybody knew congratulations. that. Congratulations. And uh, as far as injuries, it's something we're going to have to be focused on going forward. Washington is going to be without uh, Michael Kempney uh, for an indefinite period of time. We don't know, but uh, he's a D man for them, and that's going to be a very critical role and position for them uh, going forward. And a couple records I would like to mention as well. I'm going to throw this one in there just because uh, Calgary's Mark Giordano is now the first D-man since my boy Nick Lidstrom to have four shorthanded goals in one year. And I only threw that in there because I'd just like to mention Nick Lidstrom. And also, I don't know if you saw this, is that Buffalo's Rasmus Dahlin has now tied Bobby freaking Orr by having the most points by a D-man before age 19. That's good enough for second all-time with 38 points, tying Bobby Orr only behind Phil Housley. Wow, that's some interesting stats because – That's some good company. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think Phil yeah, that's, would have that high of stats. Uh-huh. You know, like if you're sitting there like you're like Bobby Orr and Phil Housley, the formidable <laughs> Phil Housley from the Nas- – like our benchminder for a bit. You know, it's like, yeah. what? You don't really think that Housley was like – Incredible. Really, like an incredible <laughs> player. Oh my gosh, he just—we had a terrible power play with him, so that's all we thought of. And I will end. Lastly, some other illustrious company is that McDavid now joins Wayne Gretzky, Mary Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, and Dale Harchuk as the only players in history to have three consecutive hundred-point seasons before age twenty-three. Pretty good. Wow. Still not going to make the playoffs though. <laughs> and I'll also say uh, Patrick Kane has had a sneaky season yes, of over 100 good. points as yeah. well. Well, Not enough to drag the Blackhawks in the playoffs, though. Yeah. There's several things that are getting overlooked this year. Dreisaitl is one. Kane is one. But you're doing this on a year where Kucherov's going off. He has 121 points now. It's and then, Kucherov's year. And then you also look at some of the other teams, like the Flames are really hot this year. They're, I mean, pun intended, they're killing it in the Western Conference. They have a plus 58 goal differential, but no one's talking about them because the Lightning have a plus 99. Yeah. They're at 100 now. Their goal differential is 100. I'll just point that out there. It was plus 99 going into tonight. They beat the Bruins by one. They have a plus 100 goal differential. Let me ask you, are you rooting for the Lightning to be the best team in history? Honestly, yes, because I I, I don't think this might ever happen again in the salary cap. I agree with him on this. It is so improbable for this to happen in the salary cap where you have a Predators team last uh, two years that is a 16th seed and makes it to the – Stanley Cup Finals. And then next year, they come out and win the President's Trophy? Like, <laughs> like there's so much disparity in the league, and we've seen it this year. As I stated this this year, it, you, you could have the Preds and the Jets losing in the first round. They were the best two teams last year. It is honestly mind-boggling what they're doing. And as you stated before, they are very much deserving of a cup. Will they get a cup? Who knows? But I'm going to root for them to beat the record. 
even though it is very improbable looking at their last, you know, five games. Well, I'll have to say I agree with that, but as a biased person, I'm obviously going to yeah, hope that not, the Red yeah. Wings, and really being the history, kind of like the glory days, seven Hall of Famers, I like to have the – you think of like – men's basketball they had a, a dream team you know in the olympics that one year that's like the best team ever assembled and i like to think of that detroit team i like history to stay history on it but i can certainly see rooting for for the lightning because they are doing a heck of a job and speaking of that what games do we have coming up daniel well as of right now we are still currently playing against the wild it is live in third we are still up by one it's going to be a tight finish soros might be putting out a shutout so we have three days off till we play pittsburgh in pittsburgh we turn around really quick and fly back home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is going to be a pivotal game for them because they still need points for the playoffs. Then to finish the season out, we have three more games after that. It's Buffalo, Vancouver, and then Chicago at home on the 6th. Talk about a good game to round out the season. That'll be a fun one to be at for sure. It's always a great night. I love attending the last regular season game of the year. And that's Chicago on the 6th, I bet that's a golden Saturday game. Uh, yes, it is. I believe so. And the Preds are still up 1-0 with 2 minutes and 54 seconds left. So hopefully we can hold on. So bar and a miracle, we're going to get the clinch. Yes. And on top of it, the Stars are beating the Jets 4-2 to with 4 minutes left. So it looks like they're going to beat them outright. Wow. And then it muddies the waters even more because the two points that the Jets just gained on us, they just lost two points again, and we could gain two points. And then the Blues are beating the Knights. So – you're going to have three teams basically down to the wire for the Central Division title. That is crazy. Now, I will say when we get back to record in two weeks, we will be right in time for the playoffs to start, which means we're going to record next on the 8th, and then the next week, boys, 15th, starts the playoffs, and we're going to our weekly format. Can't wait, Cannot man. Cannot wait. I love and those episodes up. so much because it's just deep dives into every single game. I mean, we, we break down like almost every single game. So can't I'll have to say, if you're a praying person, pray for me to stay awake and have plenty of coffee to edit these and get them out as fast as possible. Yes, it is It is a long playoff season for the crew, so uh, be patient with us. But it is going to be an incredible playoff run, and we're hoping for some awesome, awesome action and first-round matchups. And thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Music City Gold. You guys have a great week. Take it away, Rachel. You've been listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio, powered by the Ingram Agency. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at C. Dandrum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Penalty Box Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.